Before we get started with today's show, I wanted to tell you about another great podcast. ESPN and Anscape contributor Dominique Foxworth's podcast is every Tuesday and Thursday, bringing you his unique perspectives on football, the personalities that surround it, and just about anything else he finds interesting. So check out the Dominique Foxworth Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get this podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Coming up on this episode of The Right Time, we're going to get into what should probably be the biggest story in the NBA, but is not. Also, your story is on gift giving gone wrong, but first. All right, so... As I told you guys last week, I would like to root for the Jets. I do not want to be a Jets fan. I would simply like to root for the Jets. I want to be happy for them when good things happen, right? But I don't really want to be like riding a roller coaster like the rest of the Jets fans do. And see, that's what creates a problem. Like I have reached out to some of my Jet fan friends and tried to tell them that I would like to root for them. But quite honestly, they don't believe I'm telling the truth. And to be honest, why would they? Like, why, 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 why would anybody believe a person that walks up to them and says, I would like to root for the Jets? I totally understand it. I was uh, watching their game against Buffalo and, you know, I have an odd relationship with the city of Buffalo. They took that uh, Josh Allen stuff very personally, as though I was actually talking about them rather than making reasonable, measured critiques about a football player. You know what I'm saying? And I think that from there, people start to think that you got a problem with their city. And I've never been to Buffalo. I don't have a problem with it. I can't imagine the circumstance under which I would go to Buffalo and maybe you would in take that as an indication that that is a problem with Buffalo. I'm just thinking 42 years, it ain't come up yet. You know what I mean? Like, like in theory, I would like to go to a playoff game in Buffalo, but the problem is that sound cold as hell. And you wonder how cold that sound? I was trying to watch uh, the Bills and the Jets. That game was a one o'clock kick and it looked like they was playing at 830 at night. It was dark dark people like oh well the sun hasn't come out in days here it didn't look like the sun wasn't out it looked like it was 8 30 like that's 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 not the same thing like the sun wasn't out in the city i turned over to giants eagles by the way hey dan you're our residence giants fan what's up with all that Keep it moving, Bo. Keep it moving. We got the commandos this week. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, maybe y'all can tie again. How great would that be if they came out here and had uh, two ties? The Giants, yikes. The Eagles went out there and beat the brakes off of them. For those of you who keep hitting me up on the, do you believe in Jalen Hurts yet? I don't not believe. Like, I'm, I'm willing to go to that part. Like, hey, guys, look around. That's probably your MVP. Like, it's going to be fairly difficult to not give him the MVP if they go 14 and 3, 15 and 2, even 13 and 4 and he keeps playing like he has. Like he's going to wind up being that guy. Now what that means in the playoffs, entirely different discussion, right? I that 6 foot 1 quarterback situation, man, that gets a little bit dicey, but AJ Brown is always open, right? There's that. But anyway, want to get back to what I was talking about here, right? The Jets 
put up a valiant effort against Buffalo. I really like how they get down. It broke my heart when I was watching that play and saw Quentin hit the ground. They say that his calf injury is day-to-day, thank goodness, because when they tell you after something like that that a dude's got a calf injury, I'm like, just go ahead and tell us he tore his Achilles, man. We know. We know. Except this time, it appears he did not tear his Achilles. Hopefully, he'll figure that out. But I'm going to amend my little thing about rooting for the Jets. Not that I will not continue to root for the Jets and wish that good things happen to the Jets, okay? But if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll find that I also have a bit of an affection for the Detroit Lions, okay? And I'll be honest, my affection for the Lions has everything to do with the fact that Dan Campbell came in there and hired all those black assistants, right? And I really don't have any problem saying that because this to me is a big thing, right? We, you got to be careful about like giving the white man too much credit for doing something that's halfway decent. But I do love the fact that we look at Dan Campbell as being like this Neanderthal caveman. And he's the dude that came in here last year with a black offensive coordinator, coordinator black defensive coordinator, and a lot of other black dudes around that, right? Like Deuce Staley, I think he's got an assistant head coach position. Like, He's doing what they call the work. And to me, the best part is that he is doing the work. And I have no reason to believe that it's a political statement. Like, ain't really nothing about Dan Campbell that indicates that he woke up in the morning like, yo, I'm about to outwoke these boys. Like, I, 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 just, I just don't get the feeling that that's the way that he gets down, right? He decided to get them cats. And maybe he's that guy. And I've met that guy many times. And those of us who are from the country know a couple of these guys. It ain't that many of them. But it's that white dude, that particular white dude who come over here and kick it with us like it ain't no thing, right? Like the Wokies won't never invite you over to their house for dinner. Dan Campbell have you over there with his country ass Nana and everybody else, right? He ain't afraid they gonna say something ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. He knows that they might. He just ain't afraid of it. You know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 the Wokies that we talk about, they don't want to invite you around their granddaddy because they know granddaddy might say something wild. They don't realize we kind of used to that. We could have shrugged that thing off there. But anyway, I have wanted good things for the Lions. I am going to hit you with what might count as a factoid. I think a factoid counts. But something weird is happening in the NFL that I'll get to in the other sense when talking about the NBA But we talk about the NFL as being the sport that has like the ultimate parity. I'm not sure that the NFL has as much parity as much as it has a small sample size sort of situation. So anybody can be anywhere in a 17 game sample, right? Like it kind of goes up and down or whatever, but we got a good idea who's good and who's not, right? Like we know who the better teams are. We know who they aren't. Uh, Maybe you could just talk about there being a glut in the middle, but did you know, all right? And now we are 13 games into the season. At this point, a statistic that I find to be important is point differential. The point differential is exactly what it sounds like. Take a team's total points scored, subtract their total points allowed, and you have point differential. The point differential at this point in the season is probably going to be more reflective of how good a team is or is not than their actual record, right? Like, it all sums up at the end. Okay. Now, we talked last week about how the Vikings were an underdog to the Detroit Lions. And by the way, the Lions didn't just win. I don't want to go so far as to say they won emphatically, but like, it wasn't no lucky win. 
They beat them. And when they played the Vikings in Minnesota earlier this year, they only lost by four points. Okay, now how's that tied to point differential? The Vikings have given up more points this year than they've scored. Their point differential is a negative. But you know who got a positive point differential? The Detroit Lions. Now, let me take, take you to another level about why that's interesting, though. The NFC, and you've been feeling like, man, the NFC is bad. Did you know that only five teams in the NFC have a positive point differential? The Eagles and the Cowboys and the 49ers are way ahead of everybody else, right? They are, they are killing it on this point differential. That's three of the top four teams in point differential. The Seahawks. They have a positive point differential. Just kind of sneaking in there. But they have a positive point differential. And then the Lions. That's it. That's all the teams in the NFC that have a positive point differential. There are four teams in the AFC East. By the way, that's all they have. There are four teams in the AFC East that have a positive point differential. There are only five in the entire NFC that have a positive point differential. But if you go look at the AFC, there are only seven teams total that have a positive point differential. So the 32 teams in the league, only 12 of them have scored more than their opponents. That is a league that does not appear to have parity. And one of those teams is the Detroit Lions. The Lions done messed around and maybe, just maybe, got too good to ultimately get the quarterback that they go need to get them over the top. Except... They have the Rams' first-round pick, and the Rams are cheeks. They are cheeks, and they are going to be in a position in the draft where the Lions, if they see a quarterback that they want, they can get. They might not even necessarily need to get him because Jared Goff is out here tricking us into thinking that he's not Jared Goff. All right? But go look at the Lions. They got a lot going right. They got receivers. They got a really good offensive line. They went out there on a play around midfield yesterday. And they ran a play where Panay Sewell, who, once again, please put an underscore in your Twitter handle. It gets a little confusing, son. You go look at it, Parker. You'll see what I'm talking about. Anyway, they split him out wide put him in motion, ran play action, and threw a pass to him for the first down. They were just out here stunting on the Vikings. Barky, you saw that Twitter handle, didn't you? Yeah, if I got to put an underscore in mind to stop all the dots from running together on people, I think he should have a little bit of self-awareness. He done heard them jokes before. He ain't that big. Anyway, yeah, they out here throwing passes at midfield to the tackle who's wildly athletic. Like, they, they doing this. They got my man Amon Ra, St. Brown. And I know you saw it in, in Hard Knocks if you watch Hard Knocks. Okay. But they're two brothers. There's Amon Ra, St. Brown. He the little brother. And Equiminius, St. Brown. He the older brother. And they daddy was a bodybuilder whose name is John. And I know something about that. My parents' names are Mac and Barbara. 
and they gave us these names. I like this name. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? But I think they was living vicarious. They ain't like having them regular names, right? So they passed them down to everybody else. So anyway, they got my man Amun Ra. They got the offensive line looking better. Aiden Hutchinson looked like he's supposed to be that dude. They doing it. And, I mean, if you look at it, I don't know which one of them PIs uh, ESPN has. Is it the FPI that will let you know whether or not they're going to go to the playoffs? I ain't looked at the number, but I see the positive point differential. And, 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 and let's go to another step about the Detroit Lions, okay? The Lions have lost seven games, okay? Five of those seven losses have been by one score. They lost to the Eagles by three. They lost to the Vikings by four. They lost to the Seahawks by three. They lost to the Dolphins by four. They lost to the Bills by three. Yes, you want to talk about their wins? The wins are good. They beat the Commandos, which means a lot more than it used to. They beat the Packers, which means a lot less than we thought it would. They beat the Bears, whatever. But they beat the Giants by 13 points in their house. You should feel better about this, Dan, after I get finished. They beat the Jaguars by 26. They beat the Vikings by 11. All I'm telling you is the Lions might actually be good. And given everything about them, I would like to support them in being good. However, they are, in fact, the Lions. Okay? So this is what I think I'm going to do. I want y'all to tell me what y'all think. I think I can do this because they're in different conferences, right? I'm just going to kind of hop between the Jets um, and the Lions, right? Like that, That's what I did Sunday. I was looking at the Jets, and it was very clear to me White Mike wasn't going to get it done. The circumstances weren't going to pay off. And so I just turned that game off, and the Lions made me feel good. You know what I'm saying? They was out here making it happen. So, Oh, I got I, bad news for you. What's that? The Lions and the Jets play this week. I can't lose. Booyah. I can't lose. That's, that's the best news I've ever had. Like, no matter what, I will be rooting for a winner. And nobody has ever said that going into a Lions-Jets game before. I'm the future, right? I'm just saying, I don't understand why I got to be monogamous, especially when I know they ain't You know what I'm saying? Like, like when you know somebody ain't no good, you might, you might want to hedge a little bit, you know? So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it maybe is because I grew up rooting for the Falcons. And as you know, I'm off that narcotic. I understand everybody's concern that I'm going to get out here smoking jets. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm beaming up on the Lions just a little bit. I feel you. Like, I would worry about me, too, under these same circumstances. I didn't have my shit together for so long, so many times. If I was you, I would, I would, I would not... I would be concerned for me if I was you. But, like, I've been thinking about this. I've gone 15 years without having a team to root for. It's been a very clinical experience, and I can enjoy the games. But I would have had a good feelings, you know what I'm saying, that everybody else gets. And if I was to be like, oh, I root for the Chiefs now, y'all, would, y'all wouldn't go for that. That's like picking Chicago on Tecmo Bowl, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all would not respect me if I did that. And most of these teams are just a bunch of heartbreakers anyway. But – I see the vision 
on both of these teams. I feel like they play very, very similarly. You know what I'm saying? People of color represented in important places. You feel me? I mean, all I'm saying is Dan Campbell got the job with the Lions and hired two black coordinators. Deion Sanders got the job with Colorado and hired two white ones. Just think about that for a second, you know? Hadn't thought about it like that, had you? Okay, there we go. So, yeah. I want good things for the Lions. That's where I am right now. I would like good things for the Lions. And as Dan pointed out, they play the Jets. Psh, that game at, uh, at, at, at the Jets. You think I could go to that game with a, jersey, with a split jersey? You know what I'm saying? You think I could do that? Bobby Lane on one side, Joe Namath on the other. You think I could pull that off? Okay. But after that, they got the Panthers. They should win that. They got the Bears. They should win that. They got uh, the Packers. Hey, man, I'm just letting you know. It is entirely possible that the Detroit Lions will finish this year 10-7. and seven. And if they do, don't come try to get on the bandwagon then. No, sirree. You had your opportunities to get on. You had your chance, right? I was showing love to, to Dan Campbell last year and then gradually got here. Now, I ain't acting like I'm early on this thing. And I, honestly, I don't want no, like, season ticket. You know what I'm saying? It's like I want a ticket package. I want to get like one of the four game packages for the Lions where I can just drop in when I want to and then drop back out. Because please believe, once they get out here and start getting that ass tapped, I'm jumping right back off. And lucky for me, don't that mean that y'all actually root for them? So nobody, I'm not really going to hear about it from anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be a thing. So yeah, all the things that happened in football yesterday that I'm sure you guys were thinking about, including Tom Brady looking worse than I have ever seen him look before um i thought about getting on board with the jaguars they seem to be turning this thing around but they still play in uh jacksonville i'm not on board with that ever um by the way shout out to, i don't know if shout out's the right thing i don't really do the thoughts and prayers thing but i felt bad for russell wilson man he took that shot after they kind of started getting it together but you know early i ain't gonna lie i sent l duncan a text i was watching that game i was like is every broncos game like this and she said every single one um I'd also like to point out under the heading of I be trying to tell y'all, I don't know if y'all saw this, Lamar Jackson couldn't play in this game, so they started Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley went into concussion protocol, and then they put in a dude named Anthony Brown, and I ain't even need to look up his picture. I knew exactly what Anthony Brown looked like, and I told y'all how this works. They, they, they got to looking at Trace McSorley, and they were like, hey, man, the people starting to get a little bit too attached to you. They going to mess around and think you're supposed to be that dude, so they got him out of here, and they're like, we're going to keep rolling black dudes out here. Keep rolling them out here. Y'all ain't about to be making this unnecessarily difficult uh, rooting for the backup. Nah, nah, that's not going to happen. Also, speaking of black quarterbacks, after Brock Purdy did the job against the Bucks, they brought in Josh Johnson and don't nothing say progress in race like Josh Johnson taking snaps in 2022. That I can't think of. The, that's the first black dude that I can think of that they still be calling to do stuff like this, right? His pension going to be way fatter than any of us ever imagined. And that's good for us you know what i'm saying good for us and hey man if it don't work out for you maybe you can go holler at dan campbell and get a spot on his staff and get a seat on this bandwagon spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days 
I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I was just talking about how the NFL appears to have a lack of parity. That seems to be a little bit uncommon. The NBA has all the parity. And the parity has been a goal for Adam Silver. And you look look at a lot of what they did in the NBA. The idea was to create parity, to have teams that everybody thought that their team had a chance to at least do something, right? Not even necessarily a chance to win a championship, but at least a chance to get out here and make some noise. And by doing that, you would probably then decrease the chances of tanking, da-da-da, and everything else. Okay, the NBA has parity. You go look up and down the league. Who you think is going to win the West? Because I have no idea. The East is a little different because we've got familiar teams at the top. We got the Celtics and the Bucks, and that makes you feel a little better. But hey, man, the Nets, whom we thought were terrible not that long ago, they all the way up to the four. But the Sixers, who should be better, are right there at five. The Pacers somehow are at seven. The Knicks are at eight. The Heat, however, are down at 10. Um... But you go look at the league, go look at the numbers, go look at the point differentials and everything else. The Golden State Warriors are the number eight team in the West, um, jet, tied in the you know the games back part because they didn't play the same number of games, tied with the Utah Jazz. The Mavericks with Luka doing it all are 10th. The Timberwolves are 11th in their 13 and 13. Uh, the Lakers still down there at 12th, tied with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I bring all that up, though, because we talked about the Thunder as a team that we felt like was coming into this and tanking. Tanking doesn't go 11 and 15. Like, as much as there's legitimate concern about teams tanking and just intentionally not playing well, I don't think the Spurs are intentionally tanking because they went out here winning games early before they came out and started stinking again. The Rockets, yeah, that looked like a tank. Detroit looks like a tank. Charlotte is the sneakiest tank because if LaMelo's not playing, if they have the possibility of putting big parlay 
out there next to him, their entire fortunes can change, right? Like they're the team. If I'm looking at somebody like, oh, y'all going to be out here tanking, it might be them. But I want to look at the top of the West because something has happened that is interesting that I just don't understand why we aren't discussing a little bit more. Now, perhaps the reason we're not discussing it a little bit more is because a lot of us are a bit busy with football season. And I do understand that. However, the two best teams in the West right now are the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Okay. Now, I find that interesting on another level, which is these are the teams that three years ago had the number one and number two picks in the draft. And those guys have panned out and they have proven to be the players that you would hope to get out of that draft. Like that was a, we think they're two superstars in this draft. And John Morant obviously has looked like that superstar. Zion has two, or at least he did coming into this season. The problem was he was hurt for most of year one and then hurt for all of year three. But year two, he was a legitimate third-team All-NBA player. Like, you can go look at it, the advanced stats to match, one of the youngest All-Stars that we've ever had. Like, he was that guy. And this year, he's playing better than he did that season. He's not been the best player in the NBA thus far. Thus far, that's probably somewhere between Jokic and, interestingly enough, Anthony Davis. We'll get back to him in a second. But Zion is putting up those numbers that are, like, not exactly MVP level, but get you into discussion. They're winning those games right now without, without Brandon Ingram. Now, my question is this. If you're the NBA, it's kind of got to terrify you that the most hyped player to come into the NBA, I would say in the last 10 years, is actually delivering. Right, He is playing like the guy we thought that he could be. His team has the best record in its conference. I don't get the feeling anybody really cares. Like, people seem to care more when he was chubby on the bench in street clothes. Hey, man, he was out of shape. Really? The naturally 260-pound guy with a broken foot was out of shape? You don't say. Really? How's, how'd that happen? Like, what the hell you think he was going to do to get in shape? Like, like what, what were the exercises that he was going to do with that broke foot to get in shape? Y'all just like to pick on fat people. Like, that's all that comes down to, right? People love to shame fat people. And it's different when it's an athlete because with a fat athlete, you're like, well, he ain't even supposed to be like that. But see, Zion is in an interesting space on being the fat athlete because we normally love him. Right? People normally love fat ballers, but Zion was so good that y'all took him out of fat baller category where you find it to be delightful to watch a portly gentleman do incredible athletic things to where y'all were actually demanding stuff instead of just enjoying the show. So you spend all the time ragging on him and coming with the jokes. Dude, there is nothing you can do with him. Nothing at all. Because if you're going to be that quick and that big, all he's got to do is get that shoulder a little bit past you. And then once you do, I was talking to Vinny about this. Vinny, like Zion is his own screen and roll. Right? All by himself. He can set the screen with his own shoulder as he is rolling to the basket. And that team, like what you want from a team that you don't get, right? So once Ingram's back, they got him, they got Zion, they got CJ McCollum. 
They got go-hards, right? Everybody likes a go-hard. That dude, Alvarado, I'm not sure how good he is at basketball, but I'm not saying that as an insult. Basketball's better when not everybody was actually good at it. He just a go-hard. They got the homie Herb Jones, and as we have discussed before, the irony of the fact that I have never met a Herb named Herb. Like, the dudes I know named Herb are not actually Herbs. I feel like we've done a whole disservice to an entire name, right? Because Herb is not a Herb. But if you hear him talk, he sounds just like a dude named Herb. Right? He sounds like a Herb, but he's not a Herb. You feel me? Right? So we got him out there. They got a Valachunas. Team like this always got to have somebody whose native language is not English. You know what I'm saying? It helps. He's a bit of a bruiser. Get some boards or whatever it is. Like, look, man. That team is what you want. And, and. And this is where I go back to Anthony Davis. There's a certain, I don't know if irony is the right way to put it because that term can be overused. But Anthony Davis left the Pelicans because he did not want to be stuck in mediocrity. And I think he just wanted to go to Los Angeles, right? Like, I think he wanted to be on the scene. He wanted to be out there. Now look at it. Don't get me wrong. They got a championship out to deal. But two, three years after a trade like this, it is interesting that it is Anthony Davis that is on the 12 seed and it is the Pelicans that are the one seed and they going to get the Lakers pick when this comes around. Like, this is the feel-good story. And for the NBA, I think there's an overall feel-good element. Like, I'm looking at the teams with the three best records, I mean, the three best records in the East and the West. The only big market is Boston. The others, Milwaukee, Cleveland, New Orleans, Memphis, Denver. Right. That whole lockout in 20, uh, 2012 where Dan Gilbert made them shut down the Chris Paul trade and all of that because it's like, hey, man, all the big, you know, they call it big markets. They're really talking about the Lakers. Like, it's a trade that's fortifying the big markets and everything else. The league's gotten what they wanted. They got a bunch of really good teams in large part because they're a bunch of really good players. So it becomes harder to stack and get that super team because everybody else has so much more talent than there's ever been in the league before. Okay, you've got your parity. You want market size to not matter. You've got that. And by the way, I don't believe that market size is really that much of an impediment to people watching games, right? It may come up when you start talking about the finals because the core fan base matters. When you get there, um, talk about like how many people are actually going to watch in the finals. But Oklahoma City was a TV draw with Westbrook and Durant. And in fact, they were a TV draw with just Westbrook and not Durant, right? Like people will watch those teams if they find them to be interesting. What I don't know and what I'm curious about is how is the NBA going to make people actually care about the regular season again? Because this regular season that we got now, and again, maybe it changes after football goes away. But it should be priming people. It should be getting people excited. There are reasons for just about every team in the league to feel and believe that their team is a compelling one. There's so many of them right now that are out here. And I don't feel like the NBA, in concert with its broadcast partners, have really done a great job of pointing this out. Now, when we talk about the death of the regular season in the NBA, well, I don't know if people call it the death, but you know what I mean, right? I blame the Warriors for that. And I blame the Warriors. Basically, they went 73-9 and and didn't win a championship. 
because we cared about that regular season. We cared a lot. We cared about the regular season before it. We cared about the four regular seasons before that with the Miami Heat. Like we went from caring about the Heat and then made that quick transition after LeBron left and the Warriors turned out to be the story. And then we cared about that. And then Kevin Durant came and it was kind of like, who cares about the regular season? The set of circumstances that created that don't exist anymore, guys. Like this is completely different. We don't know who's going to win the championship. We have young stars all over the place. We are looking to be in the midst of a changing of the guard in the West. And if you want to go look over at the East, if it's Boston and Milwaukee coming up for a showdown at the end of the year, the last two teams to win the East, that'll charge you up because I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. And I'm totally here for it on Zion. I just don't know what it's going to take to make the general public in America really care about what's going on in the regular season in the NBA. Like, it is a problem. I don't think it's tied to the politics stuff from a couple years ago or anything else. I think people need somebody to tell them what's going on right now in the regular season in the NBA, right? And you can talk that out, man. We're a little busy with football. Man, they play once a week. Like you ain't got you you ain't got no time to watch no basketball games in between. It ain't even no college games on right now. I'm telling you, get into this season in the NBA. It's what's cracking. It's what's going on. And if Zion come out here and keep balling like this, let's look at the West. You got Zion and Ingram with the Pelicans. You got John Moran with the Grizzlies. You got uh, Jokic and Porter and Murray with the Nuggets. You got the Suns. I don't need to roll them all off for you. They there. Hot damn. Sacramento still in fifth. Portland still in sixth. Man, we got so much that's going on here. So much. But what if y'all don't like parody? And this is the question that I had at the very beginning when they decided to make this move. I think the NBA people typically liked the Monstars and then having a league that's behind it. There are no Monstars in the league right now. Is that what you need? I don't know. I do think what you need is rivalries. And I do think that there is a decided absence of rivalries. That's why it was cool to see the little kerfuffle between the Suns and the Pelicans, because given they played the playoff series last year and now this, there's reason for a rivalry. Because what the NBA has been powered by, as much as we talk about it being powered by stars, the NBA really for the last 40 years has been powered on rivalries. Okay? Magic Bird slash Lakers Celtics, right? Bulls Pistons. Even Lakers Pistons, once it got to that point. Then it just became Jordan's rivalry with greatness as much as anything else after it was Pistons-Bulls, and he finally got on top. Then after that, it was the rivalry within the Lakers, right? Shaq and Kobe. That became the rivalry that we discussed. Had a little bit of a break, and it became LeBron and the Celtics. It was LeBron in Cleveland, but then he got to Miami. It became LeBron and the Celtics. Cavs-Warriors never really turned into a rivalry because once Kevin Durant got there, we weren't really talking about that much. But what they've had is a distinct lack of rivalries. There are no regular season rivalries in the NBA. Like, the thing that made you, I think, in part, keep caring about, like, NBA games during the regular season before is them dudes hating each other. You know what I mean? Like, they play each other six times a year and be ready to fight because some dude's job was to fight. You know, but you had that. 
You don't really have that in the NBA right now. Part of it's because they legislated out the fighting. Part of it's because guys don't really stay with teams as long as they did. But the other part is, it's all a big old AAU tournament. And I know that people use like AAU as shade in a lot of ways. And that's not really the way I'm going with it right now. But I am, I do believe this. And this is a small example of it, but I think you'll feel me. I hate, hate the random uniform game. And I don't mean the random uniform game in the NBA in the sense that they all got eight different uniforms. I'm okay with that. But the home team's supposed to wear white or gold if you're the Lakers and the other team's supposed to wear a color. I used to get so frustrated when I was younger. My mama would ask, who's at home in the game? The team wearing white. Now I have to entertain this question because it's perfectly reasonable. You can't tell. It looked like an AAU tournament. Just wear whatever color y'all want. Just get out here and wear whatever. Just don't wear the same color. Wear whatever tournament. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it looks like an AAU tournament out there. And the thing about the AAU tournament element of all of this is the issue with AAU for me, if there's an issue, is that nobody's playing for anything larger. Like they're not playing for pride. They're not playing for the team. They might be playing for a different team later in the afternoon or whatever it is. It's just pick. They just it, you got five. Okay, cool. We'll get out here and we'll run five. But part of what makes this compelling is people playing for cities, people playing for teams, people playing for each other, whatever it is. It's not simply the sport itself. There typically needs to be some level on which it feels like they're playing for something larger. And I do think where the NBA is messed up is people don't feel like that. It doesn't look like that like it doesn't to me it doesn't look like a professional sport anymore coaches ain't even got to wear no suits you know what i'm saying cats out here wearing any old color shoes or whatever it is like the nfl has it right whether people would admit it or not with uniformity like there's something to that it does add a gravity to what it is that you're doing the nba i think where they messed up is that stuff right you should have them out there in the crisp whites if you at home you should have them out there in the dark jerseys. Everybody should be wearing the same color shoes or whatever it is. Like is. I mean, it doesn't matter, but it does. And that's where I think the league has kind of sort of slipped because you don't, we're not growing up with teams, right? It doesn't build up. You don't get these relationships that start and go because everybody sticks around and everything else. Like you don't, Everything feels transient, I think is maybe the best way to put it. But jump in, man. It's good things that are going on here even though so much in the presentation make it seem like it doesn't matter. Promise you, this year, it does. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We know you can't be on top of all the news and information of the day. No need for the social media feeds. We got you. Now, if you haven't heard. All right, Bo, first story today is about climate change. My name is Michael Birnbaum, and I'm a climate reporter at The Washington Post. I recently wrote an article about zombie viruses. That's something that a group of European researchers says they've discovered in the melting Siberian permafrost. These are viruses that have existed for tens of thousands of years, but they haven't been exposed to any living creature. 
they've been stuck in the frozen ground, some of them for more than 48,000 years. And now because of global warming and because that permanently frozen soil is starting to melt, they're rising up to the surface and they're accessible to people and animals. The researchers have said that they discovered about 13 of these viruses that had been previously frozen away, and they warned that it's a potential new threat as temperatures rise around the world. The viruses that they studied only infect amoebas, so they're not actually dangerous to humans or to other animals. But they say that that doesn't mean that there are other viruses are out there that could potentially uh, infect uh, humans or cause other kinds of diseases. They say they just haven't taken a look. I talked to other virologists and people who study these issues, and they said that it probably is worth keeping an eye out for the risks that are associated with viruses and the melting permafrost, but that it probably isn't at the top of their list. There are other problems. There are viruses that currently cause lots of disease. You ever heard of COVID? Also dengue fever, all sorts of things um, that are currently problems that, that are really priorities. But there are risks, they say, with, with the melting permafrost. So this is yet another thing to add to the list of issues to be concerned about with global warming. And um, good thing to dream about at night. What is this dengue fever he just mentioned? There's another thing in these streets, Dan? Had you heard about that? Not until I heard that. I got something else I got to be afraid of. I know, just conceptually, that makes sense, though. Like, diseases that were buried under ice for years and years, and now they're melting. Those diseases are coming. Yeah. Uh, so who's working on the screenplay, man? I mean, that, that right there, that seems to be there. Don't you Wait, wait till Jordan Peele finds out about this. We're going to have the weirdest movie about some disease that kills only white people that we've ever seen. Or is it going to be the disease that only kills black people? Like, I don't know how you're going to figure it out. Go get on it. Go get on it. The Thaw. Like, right there. I'm giving away game right now. You go write The Thaw and how the viruses are just creeping over, taking over the world, and then what happens is some man try to tell you how to keep yourself safe, and y'all send death threats to his family, and then we just all die. Based on a true story. All right, next story is, I guess it's, we'd classify this one as business. There's an ominous trend that is taking place in downtowns across cities in the U.S. The specter of deserted downtowns has been haunting cities since the beginning of the pandemic. Fewer workers going to the office has led to less foot traffic, public transit use, and local commerce. Crime and homelessness have ticked up. Cities are going through an evolutionary change in places where urban cores once relied on offices. The devastation of downtowns and midtowns is now visible in SF as well as New York City, where firms like Meta have chosen to terminate their lease agreements. Some buildings in SF have lost nearly 60% of their value in less than two years. Across the U.S., the office utilization rate, once estimated to be around 70%, is now closer to 47%. Other estimates indicate that 30% of workdays will be from home, and that pretends doom for downtowns. The hardest hit downtown so far have been San Francisco, Portland, Chicago, Atlanta, and San Jose, but dozens of other cities expect the second-order effects of remote work to affect city budgets and economic activity. Mayors have had an almost defeatist attitude, recognizing that things will never be quite the same. 
Yo, so I had wondered about this just generally before we even got to pandemic, like especially in a place like New York, where so much is predicated on storefronts on the first floor, residential or offices above it, right? Like that's what you see when you go basically any neighborhood in New York City. That's what it is. But as I was looking in like Amazon and all of that stuff, just kind of brick and mortar stores going away like it raised the question for me like okay so where's this thing going and then came the accelerant of covid and now we see what it is and what is not a good look and never good to have is just a bunch of empty space that everybody can look at and know it's empty and so i don't get around new york that much anymore because i don't work in the office anymore and so when i go down there it's always wild to get down there and see what's closed and see what's open and see what isn't there or whatever it is. Cause I go down to that Seaport studio now once every like blank months is when I wind up going down there and you see that stuff clearing out, right? Like you notice how many fewer people there are. You go to Midtown and that's where they really been hit is in Midtown. And that stuff was so wild expensive. Like the, 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 the real estate there was so just ridiculously expensive that where all this goes. Yeah. That's going to be a big thing. And your friendly reminder, when they were coming up with all the reasons why you could go back to work, that's what it's about. You better get your ass down there and get a soup and salad from one of them, one of them places. Like, I'm going back. We're working on game theory again, right? We in Midtown. Hey, man, tried to get a little soup from Hale and Hardy. You know what I'm saying? That's clearly a place that's here for the office worker. Nope. It ain't there. It ain't there no more. Like all, a whole bunch of them little spots like that. They're not there anymore because the people that were patronizing them, it ain't going. Like I worked at a place that's got an office in a place where the McDonald's shut down. And the reason that the McDonald's shut down was the business in town, they kept their cafeteria open late. And then once they did that, McDonald's went out of business. Yeah. But that's what happens. But what... What happens when it's not just like one business in town anymore? What happens when it's all the businesses that are like, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah, we just don't see the need for that. No, no, no. We're good. What, what, where does all this go? Like, how does the demand change out? Because those people still need food. They still need stuff. They're just in different places. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out there. But yeah, nah, nah, nah. That's the stuff. When people start talking about in New York, like, yo, we got to get this homelessness under control gonna throw this out there sounds like we got a lot of empty space that maybe we could put to use somehow you let me know all right no reporter audio for our last story here but it's about funny money and i'll just read a little bit stories from the new york times here's the subhead many small investors who piled into cryptocurrencies on ftx BlockFi, and other platforms are recognizing the perils of investing in an unregulated industry if you keep reading there's some real stories of people trying to get their money back and they're not allowed to withdraw because those companies are filing for bankruptcy yeah i mean it's almost like the returns were too good to be true <laughs> like i just look man If the returns on something like that are supposed to be legit for you, everybody would do it. You wouldn't have to put people up on game. 
if that was what it was. And no, this is just going to be a massive reckoning for a lot of people. And one thing I do find to be interesting is a big thing about crypto was it was like a very libertarian sort of thing about regulation. And then we don't need no regulation, all that stuff, right? Man, the people want some regulation so bad. Like it is the equivalent of the bully that gets punched in the face. And now they want to go tell the teacher. Nah, nah, nah. You said we ain't need no teacher. You said you had this under control. Yo, who? Funny money. I just wanted to put this in here so I could say it again. Funny money. Hey, this is Bomani. You have reached the right time voicemail. Say whatever you want. Get creative with it. But this is your place to talk back to the show. So talk back. Peace. All right, voicemail topic this week is the time you thought you got the perfect gift, but it wasn't exactly perfect. And, Bo, I do have a personal story to share with you. I once got one of my sisters. I have twin sisters that are younger than I am. I got one of them a birthday card one year. I was probably in my early 20s. Inside the card, it said, happy birthday, sister. Which one of mom's characteristics are you going to try to cover up this year? I thought it was hilarious. She cried. My mom cried. Didn't end well for me. I thought that was pretty funny myself. But apparently you hit him just a little bit close yeah, to home. The, the truth hurts, Bo. That's what they said. Truth hurts. Yeah, no, that, that, that is absolutely the issue. The problem with your gift was it was just a little too right. Just not the same thing as good. All right, so here's the first one. This was Christmas. 2021, I was going to get my wife something fancy. I'm big on the sneaker game, so I have a bunch of different pairs of shoes that I've gotten over the past couple of months and years. I was going to get her something nice, so I was going to pick out a pair of shoes for her to wear. She's not a big sneakerhead like me, but you know, she had mentioned that she likes my shoes and that she like wants some fancy shoes for herself. So I picked out some Starfish Jordan 4s for her, got them you know, early, like right after Thanksgiving, had them for a little bit, was kind of hyping them up quietly, like, yo, I got this gift for you, I got this gift for you. You know, when you see it, you're really going to, you know, flip out because this is like, these are like, you know, fancy to me. So Christmas Day comes, we're exchanging gifts. You know, she opens the shoes that, you know, again, I've been hyping up for a couple of weeks now. She looks me dead in my face and she says, I'm not sure why you thought I would want these. The devastation that I felt, it was awful. And so a year later, she still, she'll put them on if it makes me feel good. But generally speaking, like, she got shoes that she like, and they are not the shoes that I like. Why did she just take them back? Damn, she hit you with the, I'm not sure why you thought I would like these. Well, damn, neither am I. My bad. Yeah, man, this is something that I feel like the female brethren doesn't quite get. You get us a gift we don't like. And by the way, they rarely do that, at least in my experience. We at least go hold it together and be like, yo, that was cool of you. You get a gift she doesn't like. The thought does not count. And that is not, that's not how that Nah, that's not. Damn, who next? All right, we got Liam in Philly. Our guy went for it. Didn't go well for him. I was doing a, you know, a secret Santa type of deal. 
And, you know, the name I pulled happened to be my ex-girlfriend, who I may or may not have been still trying to, like, you know, be with or whatever. And she was an artist, right? So I thought, like, yo, let me go get some nice paints for this girl because she makes all these nice paintings, right? I dropped a good deal of money on some nice paint, like the little tubes (laughs) of acrylic, like... Nice paint, nice colors, picked them out, thinking about the art she does, all that. And we get to the Secret Santa, right? And nobody told me, but it was the type of Secret Santa where you can switch up which uh gift you want after the fact. So I get there, and it's a goofy-ass Secret Santa. Like, everybody's giving everybody goofy sex toys, liquor. And I have this very personal gift that is clearly for one person and clearly from me. You know, we do reveal each time, like, who the Secret Santa was. But I'm, like, between a Frisbee full of tiny airplane bottles of vodka and a straight-up vibrator on the other side. So everybody's laughing and (laughs) chilling and having fun. And I just gave her, like, this very thoughtful, emotional gift. And she gets it, and she just looks at it, and she's like, yeah, these are some nice paints, but, mm. And that, mm, was the worst moment, <laughs> man. And, uh, you know, not a big spoiler, but we did not get back together. <laughs> hey, man, you couldn't win, though. Because if that was your ex, and you would come in there with that wouldn't have gone over too well, neither. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like victory was anywhere for him to. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think you had a fighting. Wait, wait a minute. Did y'all work at the same place? Ugh, that's, that, that's dicey enough. Number two, what kind of job is that at where y'all giving out? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I mean, maybe this was before 2017. But, uh. If there's a game theory Secret Santa situation, no, no, no. We will like if you get that from the Secret Santa, I assure you, it did not come from me. It did not. And then Porte, she couldn't even exchange that for no because nobody else wanted no paint but her. All right, here's the last one. This girl, she was a marathon runner and a nurse. And so she'd be training, she'd be running, and she would do like eight, ten, twelve mile runs, and then she would go to work for a 10-hour shift at the hospital and just throw on some scrubs and not even shower in between. And then she'd come over to my place afterwards and wonder why I didn't greet her with a hug and a kiss at the door. She'd be coming over, smelling something funky. I mean, putrid. She just had, like, bad body odor, Bo. And, you know, I didn't really ever have it come up in conversation or I didn't know how to address it, but I got the idea for a gift. I was going to give her some perfume for Christmas. Now, I didn't think I was being slick or anything. I was going to start some sort of conversation or a fight. And I didn't think I was being callous. I just thought, hey, I'll get her this perfume. I'll give it to her. She'll start wearing it. She'll start smelling a little bit better. And we'll be happy. So uh, it's Christmas. I got her a couple things. And I put this perfume, wrap it up, put it in a box, give it to her. And right away, it ain't hitting right. Um, she's starting to get really upset, real ugly, starting to cry. Like, why'd you give me this perfume? 
you know I'm not a girly girl. I don't really wear perfume or makeup. And I have to start explaining myself. Well, baby, uh, I don't always smell so good. What do you mean I don't smell so good? Why wouldn't you just tell me that? So it's getting bleak. I mean, she's bawling for like 30, 45 minutes. And all of a sudden, I'm like begging and pleading for her to stay with me. Like we're on the verge of breaking up because I gave her this perfume. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't think it was going to lead to this. So uh, she never ended up wearing the perfume. It was like a, a symbol of her resentment for me. And, um, you know, I will say she did start showering a little bit more regularly before she'd come over. Uh, we stayed together for a few more months before we broke up, and uh, she kind of went all scorched earth when we did break up, kind of blocked me on social media, and I, I don't know where she is today uh, who she with, but I bet she's still smelling funky, and that funk is somebody else's problem now. Oh, she knows she's funky, though. Otherwise, like, I'm, I'm not even a girly girl. I don't really get... You know why I did that. You be coming over here rank. She knew that. Like, that, that's that's the thing about it. It's like, like is she crying now because she think you say she smell bad? She knows she coming over there after running races. Like, she know that. Like, I'm, I'm kind of team you on this one. Though, like, if you were going to do that, you needed to get her some soaps. Like a fancy soap set. Now, it may have gone over the same way, but I'm here to tell you, perfume was not going to fix the problem. Like, I remember when I worked at Fuddruckers in high school, I can't remember what my man's name was, but he was the rankest. Oh, my God. And, like, you ain't really want to say nothing about it because them cats was, like, working 6 to 3 on the morning shift somewhere. Then they come in and work the night shift at Fuddruckers and do it all over again, right? Um, But, uh... That old spice on top of that was not hitting. Like it wasn't it 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 wasn't the thing, right? Cologne over dirt is not gonna do the job. So you needed to get her some fancy soaps, but not like, well, damn, you needed to get something that really did the job. Yeah, you just I think the real moral of the story was why was you dating somebody rank? Like I think when we really get back to it, like that's not a I don't think you should have to compromise on that. You you right. That funk is somebody else's problem. Whew. But hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Dan Stancic and Parker Owens handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Also, thank you to our If You Haven't Heard contributors. Thanks to Michael Birnbaum of The Washington Post. Check out his story on zombie viruses thawing and melting permafrost because of climate change. Thanks to Emil Scandul. Check out his story at Business Insider about the office apocalypse that is upon us. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.